Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Today is episode 259, and we have a super stacked show for you guys. But before we get into what we're talking about on this super stacked episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, I just want to give a big shout out to all my subscribers, all my followers, everybody who follows along at Wrestling DeLorean Pod on Instagram and W underscore DeLorean Pod on Twitter, and all the followers that follow along at Circle of Debate on Twitter, Circle of Debate on Instagram, and now Circle of Debate on TikTok. Also, everybody who subscribed to this YouTube channel, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Without you, there is no me. Ladies and gentlemen, today we're talking about a super stacked Halloween Havoc from this past Saturday. Great PLE from NXT. And also on top of that, we'll be going back in time like we do every Monday to talk about the Monday Night War. We're going to be talking about November 3rd, 1997, WWF Raw is War versus WCW Monday Nitro. Both episodes were pretty stacked. But before we do, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsors, Manscaped.com. Make sure you go to Manscaped and use the promo code DeLorean, capital D-E-L-O-R-E-A-N, for 20% off site-wide. doesn't matter what you get. You could get the weed whacker, the lawnmower, no matter what it is, you could cop it all with 20% off at Manscaped.com. Also, big shout out to our sponsors at ThreeFallsBrand.com, home of the Wrestling DeLorean merchandise and the best rock and wrestling merchandise on the motherfucking planet. Let me show you guys what they do over at ThreeFallsBrand.com. Three Falls Brand is a DOI merch company that provides original artwork on shirts, hats, stickers, and pins. Three Falls, WrestlePunk merch for the masses. Check us out at threefallsbrand.com and on Instagram at threefallsbrand. Shout out to Dama, who's already in the chat. I appreciate you for being here, bro. What up, Mikey? Good to see you without the hat. <laughs> that might be a first. I mean, my super is blasting this fucking heat right now, so it's a little too hot for a hat. So I, I had to go hatless. You know what I mean? I had to show the whole hair right now. Um, yeah, so let's, let's get into NXT Halloween Havoc. I really enjoyed the show for many reasons. Um, one for the nostalgia. I always a, was a big fan of Halloween Havoc from WCW. I love the set. I loved how they really decorated the whole Capitol Wrestling Center to make it look like Halloween Havoc from back in the day. Um, shout out to Justin Time 211. Thank you for being here, bro. I appreciate you for joining today. Much love, homie. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the nostalgia of the show. I love that there was a couple matches that were spin the wheel, make a deal. That's taking it back to uh, the Sting and Jake the Snake days of Halloween Havoc. So definitely really cool to see that be brought back. And the match quality was pretty amazing, especially that opening matchup and that main event. And we're going to talk about it right now. That opening matchup, that ladder matchup for the North American Championship was a fucking banger. I really enjoyed this matchup. And I called it out on the rest. Of, well, I called it on the circle of debate on uh, last Thursday. I said, I think that it was time for Wes Lee to get a shot, to get an opportunity, I should say, to run with a singles title. And that's exactly what happened because Wes Lee is now your North American champion. Insane, insane matchup. So many spots, so much to go through. It was just an absolute show stealer. Um, everybody in that matchup did their thing. Von Wagner did his thing. I know he's not the most popular guy, but Von Wagner did his thing. You can't hate on Von Wagner. He did his thing. Uh, Carmelo Hayes, as always, did his thing. You know what I mean? Wesley did great. Uh, 
you had um who else uh, i forgot what they call him now in uh nxt I, this is horrible that i'm calling to call him ben carter but uh you had uh nathan frazier nathan frazier did his thing yo oral mensa everybody looked like a million bucks in this matchup and it was really cool to see because they really showcased the type of roster and up-and-comers that they have on this roster um i think it's clear though that it is time for Carmelo Hayes to take that next step in his career and go to the main roster. I think that he's kind of at the point of outgrowing NXT. The man is a million-dollar athlete and character, and I think that it's time that Carmelo Hayes comes up and joins either Raw or SmackDown, preferably Raw because I feel like all the come-ups right now are going to, going to SmackDown. So definitely Carmelo Hayes will make a big splash on the main roster, I believe, especially with Triple H at the realm. So I'm all for Carmella Hayes joining the main roster. Uh, Justin Time says, waiting for the day, waiting for the day NXT somehow brings back the inflatable vampire to the set. That would be fire, bro. If they brought back the inflatable vampire that's over the fucking pumpkin or whatever it used to be, I would love that. Dom says, I felt like there was a huge chunk of the show that we could have lived without. And we were going to get there, Dom, for sure, because there was some shit that I did not necessarily like. Um, he continues to say, or at least done on a kickoff. Shit was longer than Extreme Rules, and that's that's you know unique because usually NXT has shorter like takeover slash like PLEs, so it was different to see a more longer show for NXT. Uh, I still enjoyed it. Wesley, the first zombie champ, he got killed in that ladder match. Most definitely, he, he took some crazy ass bumps. But let, let's talk about the stuff that I did feel took up a lot of time, a lot of the hokey shit. Um, the Alba Fire and Mandy Rose matchup, I was cool with their in-ring matchup. And I know for Halloween Havoc, they tried to do a little something different. And they went with the uh, pre-recorded cinematic style matchup for the first half of the matchup that we saw earlier in the night in the Haunted House or whatever the fuck it was. That shit was kind of corny to me. I ain't gonna lie. Like, I like when it's done right. I like when cinematic matches are done right. I always was a big fan of the Broken Universe, so I might come off as a hypocrite here. But this just kind of felt flat to me. Um, a lot of the, I guess, actors or whoever was dressed up for this was kind of cringy. Um, the acting by, uh, what's her name, JC Jane or and uh, Gigi Dolan was a little weird to me. Um, I, I never really liked these styles of matches where they start out cinematic and end up in like in the ring. But for sure, the in-ring portion of the matchup later on in the night was actually pretty good. Uh, two good athletes. Mandy Rose is really growing on me, and Alba Fire is fucking amazing. If you, especially if you remember her Kaylee Ray uh, days at NXT UK as the NXT UK champion. But like I said, I could have done without the hokey bullshit that we got beforehand. Um, something else I could have really done without, and it's a match that I was actually looking forward to, so I'm a little upset that I'm about to say this, but Grayson Waller versus Apollo Crews didn't really do it for me either, and that's not hating on the athletes. The casket match with the Druids, and I wish they got a different stipulation. This, this feud did not fit a casket match. These are two wrestlers that don't fit a casket match. This being a casket match felt like a randomized matchup from WWE Universe mode in the WWE 2K games. 
because Grayson Waller versus Apollo Crews in a casket really was like, this is weird. They don't belong in a casket match. I don't know if it's just weird to see a casket match without the Undertaker, but just felt weird. Like, I just felt like it didn't need to be a casket match. Uh, Dom says, bingo, they could have put the cinematic stuff on the kickoff. They could have done that, too. I think that did take up a lot of time on the uh, actual show. So, I don't know. And then, like I said, the Apollo Crews versus Grayson Waller. I did not like the fact that Apollo Crews went through the casket and they did not reward the matchup to Grayson Waller. I felt like the least they could do is reward that matchup to Grayson because technically he put him through the casket. I understand they were trying to be, you know, literal and say, hey, well, he didn't close the casket shut on him. He put it through him or he put him through it. So, uh, nuances, you know what I mean? I don't like nuances. <laughs> Um, before we get to the main event, though, I got to talk about a match I really did enjoy. And that was Julius Creed versus Damon Kemp in the ambulance matchup. Uh, I really thought that this matchup was fucking fire. I think that Julius Creed is a star. I think his brother Brutus Creed is a star, too. And I'm a huge fan of this tag team in NXT. I think they're going to go far, far, far places in the WWE. They really remind me of the... Um, they remind me of the Steiner brothers, which I know a lot of people are comparing them to, but like it just it just is refreshing to, to have that like style of tag team, especially because I grew up a big Steiner Brothers fan. So I really did enjoy that matchup as well. Uh Justin Time says the Cruz Waller feud having a casket match was just so bizarre and random, especially since their story was all about eye shenanigans. Exactly. I mean, I could have seen this match ending in a, uh, what was that, eye for an eye matchup that Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio had. Like, if they were ever to bring back that fucking atrocity, it probably would have made sense for this because there was a lot of eye shenanigans, like you said, Justin. Uh, Dom says, I didn't get that either. So Cruz went from uh, Wakandan to uh, the son of Papa Shango. Should I call him Apollo Shango from now on? I mean, Apollo Shango has a ring to it. So why not go for it? Love Creed versus Kemp. Just couldn't get over the fact that Creed looked like it looked like he was out there in his boxer briefs. <laughs> he had the uh, he had what was it the uh, Jake Hager syndrome with the shorts looking like boxer briefs. Now let's talk about this main event: J.D. McDonough versus Ilya Dragunov versus Braun Breaker. Amazing three way, amazing three. I know a lot of people were upset about Braun Breaker winning. I know that Braun Breaker doesn't have many fans. And it's sad because I think that Braun Breaker, well, just from the, he probably has a shitload of fans. I'm talking about like the people I know don't really like Braun Breaker. And I, I don't get it. Like they say he's boring. It's too much of a conservative style. Braun Breaker is a throwback to like that WCW style, the, the Goldberg, the Steiner brother style, no pun intended because he's fucking, you know, mini Steiner. But I honestly, I don't have no problem with him. I think that his style is different than everybody else right now in NXT. So why not? have that style. If he wrestled like everybody else, if he was doing flips and fucking V triggers and Canadian destroyers, everyone would be saying, Oh, he's just another guy doing a bunch of flippy shit. So I'm not mad at him wrestling a more powerhouse style. It's different, especially when you mix it up with guys like Ilya Dragunov and JD McDonough, who's going to bring high intensity, high octane style. It's a good Styles clash, I would say. I'm saying the word Styles way too much. It's a good Styles clash, I would say, to have Braun Breaker in there as like the powerhouse. And I wasn't mad at Braun Breaker winning. 
I don't think Braun Breaker is necessarily ready for the main roster just of yet. So I'm not mad at him staying in NXT. I was surprised that we did not see even a little appearance by um, by uh, Austin Theory because that was teased. But nonetheless, all three men killed it. I love the sequences between Ilya Dragunov and JD McDonough. Great chemistry between them. And like I said, I was not mad at Braun Breaker winning the matchup and retaining his NXT championship. It's just interesting to know now what's next. What is next for Braun Breaker? Because he pretty much ran through that whole roster. So unless we finally get the matchup before Carmelo Hayes goes up to the main roster, like it's hard to think that these guys are not going to get their one-on-one matchup because I thought that the whole time that Braun Breaker was being built as like the top world champion and you were building Carmelo Hayes as the top North American champion, I thought that was going to lead to an eventual clash between them. So I'm just assuming that we'll see Carmelo Hayes on the main roster more sooner than later. But before we do, I would ne- I would like to see a one-on-one matchup for the world champion between Carmelo Hayes and Braun Breaker. I think that if anyone deserves it, it is Carmelo Hayes for sure. Dom says, Braun is amazing. There ain't no pun, bro. He's a Steiner. The main event, the main event was a true banger, and I was waiting for theory, but oh well. I definitely thought that theory was going to be a part of this because he was teased. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that was cool that it is now, I guess, feasible for a money in the bank winner to take that contract to NXT. And I would actually welcome a uh Austin Theory run in NXT, even as a champion. I think that, you know. Right now, he's a great wrestler. He's a good guy on the mic, and people are sleeping on him because he's just a smaller fish in a huge pond. But in NXT, he could really become a big fish in a small pond. You know, think of guys like, if you think of guys like even back in the early days of NXT, like Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd was just another guy on the main roster. But Tyson Kidd in NXT was fucking main eventing for the world t- championship. I think that that could be Austin Theory. And then when he eventually does come back up, now he's got, you know, a big, a lot more steam behind him. Justin Time 211 says, no issue with Braun winning. I just think that it's time to call him up. Dragunov could have gotten it too to make up for his UK title reign getting cut short. I, I would have been mad at that. I would not have been mad at that. I think Dragunov definitely would have deserved it and I wouldn't be mad at Braun Breaker coming up. Like I said, I think right now Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes are the next two guys who are ready to come up but I just want to see in NXT because of what they've been doing for NXT. And in my opinion, being two of the shining lights for NXT 2.0, when there wasn't many shining lights for NXT 2.0, in my opinion, I think that it would be great to see Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes get that one title match in on each other in NXT, maybe at the next uh, pay-per-view or the next takeover event. And then you could have one of them come up, but, or you could have, both of them come up. Have fucking uh, Austin Theory retain the title then. Overall, though, good show. Wasn't anything to write home about. The main event, the Creed uh, Dem- Damon Kemp match and that ladder matchup was fucking phenomenal. Um, everything else was okay. So good show. I'm going to give it a fucking, I don't know, three out of five. I don't know. I'm not Meltzer. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to get into Monday Night Raw. Well, First of all, we, we got we got to play the song. We got to play the song because we about to go back in time. We about to go back in time. Oh, I'll be this 
melting, bro. Ah, before they copyright me. What up, Clark Street? What's good, Devin? What's good, homie? Thanks for being here. Uh, Dom says Melo has been ready. Not sure about Braun, but he's close. I think they both, you know, are probably going to come up more sooner than later. You better play that song. Most definitely, man. If it was up to me, I'd play the whole fucking song because one of the most hype songs in fucking wrestling history. My two uh, go-tos for best intros in wrestling is the Raw is War theme and the ECW theme. And then you got uh, the Beautiful People Smackdown theme as a really, really close third. But uh, let's talk about Monday Night Raw, November 3rd, 1997. The go-home show to Survivor Series in Montreal. And we all know what happens in Survivor Series in Montreal. So it's going to be very intriguing. Um, I was expecting this to be the last Bret Hart show, the last Bret Hart appearance on Monday Night Raw until 2010. But Bret Hart did not appear on the show. So all we got was a video package on Bret Hart. So I guess last week's show was Bret Hart's last appearance until 2010. But let's go. Monday Night Raw starts off with Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out to the ring. For an in-ring interview, Vince McMahon says, we're finally going to get it. It's almost here. It's continental title match at Survivor Series. It's going to be uh, Owen Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin said that he doesn't care if he pissed off Ahmed Johnson last week. He doesn't care if he pissed off the whole Nation of Domination or the Hart Foundation. He said that, listen, I was here to protect Owen and make sure that he retains that IC title because I'm going to be the one to take that title from him because I need that ultimate revenge. He dropped me on my fucking head, and I need my payback. So he doesn't want to just have Owen Hart in a matchup. He wants to take what Owen Hart holds dear to him, and that's the IC title. Um, this leads to Ahmed Johnson coming out, who challenged Stone Cold last week to end Raw, if you guys remember. Ahmed Johnson comes out, and he says that, you know, he actually respected. By the way, when Ahmed Johnson came out, Vince McMahon knew it was going to be a combustible situation. So security... Uh, referees, WWE officials, they all stormed the ring and got between Stone Cold and Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed Johnson says that he actually respected the uh, antics of Stone Cold Steve Austin to get to where he is until he laid his hands on him. And he said that he no longer respects Stone Cold. Now he wants to kick Stone Cold's ass. So why don't you go get your gear on? I'll go get my gear on and we'll come back later out tonight and we're going to have a matchup. So Stone Cold says to the crowd, if you want to see me kick Ahmed Johnson's ass, give me a hell yeah. And it was in unison. That crowd wanted to see Ahmed Johnson's ass get kicked. So it's official later on. We're going to get Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Ahmed Johnson. Uh, we have the first matchup in the light heavyweight tournament. It is Super Loco, a.k.a. Super Crazy, one of my favorite ECW wrestlers of all time, versus Mexican superstar Aguila, um, who later on re-debuts as S.A. Rios. Uh, this was a good matchup. Very sloppy from Super Crazy, though. Um, he tried to do a tope, but hit his head on the ropes and like just tumbled out. Then he went for a leg drop onto uh, Aguila, but totally overshot it and just fucking like overshot by like five feet and just landed like Aguila doesn't move. He just landed way like in front of him. Um, yeah, not the best matchup from both of these guys, but Aguila wins. Super Loco is eliminated from the light heavyweight tournament. Uh, we have a sit down with Jr. And uh, Goldust and Marlena, if you remember a couple months ago before the passing, the early passing of Brian Pillman, Marlena was in storyline property of Brian Pillman because he lo um, Goldust lost her services in the matchup. So, 
you know, they're back together now because of the passing of Brian Pillman. And Marlena saying now she just feels so happy to be with her family again, their daughter Dakota. And the whole time she's talking about how much she loves Dustin uh, Rhodes. Dustin is sitting there and he's like pissed off. So JR says, what's, what's your problem, Dustin? She's professing her love for you. And Dustin says that, you know, he used to, when she was with Brian Pillman, he would sit up all night and just think about what she could be doing with Brian Pillman. And it made him fucking sick. And he said he no longer loves Marlena. And he actually found somebody else. Uh, we all remember what this leads to. It leads to Luna Vachon coming in and the artist formerly known as Goldust and in a very weird, bizarre time. So I'm not really looking forward to this. But this was obviously them trying to, you know, try to capitalize off of the popularity of shows like Jerry Springer and all that other shit. So, eh, whatever. We got a long, like, 10-minute video package of the history between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart leading into their main event matchup at Survivor Series. And then we got Ahmed Johnson versus Stone Cold, but Stone Cold did not come out. Ahmed Johnson comes out in his gear, and then out comes Kane. And Ahmed Johnson is like, what the hell, you're not Stone Cold. But Kane doesn't care. Kane's just here to cause mayhem. So Kane makes quick work of Ahmed Johnson, takes him out with two choke slams. Uh... Mankind comes out. He fights off Kane. He nails Kane in the face with a lead pipe. And then while Ahmed Johnson and Mankind walk off to the back, out comes Stone Cold Steve Austin. Says he still wants to go, so he issues an open challenge. Out comes the Nation of Domination. And we have now Kama Mustafa versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. But that doesn't last long because Stone Cold is one stunner. One, two, three. Stone Cold wins the matchup. Um, Shawn Michaels comes out. He talks about, you know, he makes fun of Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan's whack-ass cage match, ironically, at Halloween Havoc 1997. We just talked about Halloween Havoc from NXT, but Halloween Havoc from 97. Um, out comes the Commissioner Slaughter. This was that uh, world-famous, you know, not world-famous, but, you know, it was the infamous promo where they were wearing the fucking windshield wipers and the face mask because Slaughter spits too much. Uh, he says that last week, Shawn Michaels kicked... Ken Shamrock in the face in his matchup against Bret Hart. Ken Shamrock wants his revenge. So tonight, Shawn Michaels will face Ken Shamrock in the main event. Um, before that, though, we have Mark Miro versus Savio Vega in a quick, quick matchup. It's about five minutes. Mark Miro wins. Miro gets jealous of uh, Michael Cole, who wants to interview Sable after the matchup and not Mark Miro. So they're starting the whole, you know, dissension between Mark Miro and Sable. And then we got the main event. Ken Shamrock versus Shawn Michaels. I'm fucking melting here. My goddamn super is full of shit for giving all this goddamn heat. But anyway, Ken Shamrock versus uh, Shawn Michaels. Great matchup. Ken Shamrock is really taking it to Shawn Michaels for most of this matchup. But in the end, it's all for nothing because Triple H, uh, China, and Rick Rude jump in the ring and they take out Ken Shamrock. And Triple H hits Ken Shamrock with a pedigree on top of uh, Rick Rude's briefcase, which was nasty. But it was kind of weird because the last thing we see is DX standing over Ken Shamrock before the main event matchup at Survivor Series of Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. Like I said, you have the feud between Ken Shamrock and Shawn Michaels. You have the feud between Ken Shamrock and, and uh, Bret Hart. If you wanted an out and wanted a way to not screw Bret Hart, if you wanted a way to take that title off of Bret Hart, since you have Ken Shamrock feuding with both these guys, why not just make it a fucking three-way and have Shawn Michaels pin Ken Shamrock for the title? This way, Brett loses the title without being beaten or screwed in Toronto, in uh, Montreal. 
it, it seemed like a simple fix because both of these guys were feuding with Ken Shamrock. So why not go this route? Why have it? Why have Sean or Vince McMahon screw Bret Hart? Because there was no other way. There was clearly a way. You set it up like this. You set it up with Ken Shamrock feuding with both these guys. He could have easily, easily been added to this matchup because both his world title matchup and his European title matchup was always a DQ. So why not just set it up for a three-way? I don't get it. If I was there, that's why I would have proposed. I don't know if anyone proposed that, but for Vince McMahon to not take that option, to take the title of Bret Hart by having Ken Shamrock lose the matchup and take the pinfall, what the fuck? Anyway, okay, Raw going into the uh, pay-per-view. Nothing to write home about. Um, Nitro was a little shorter this week. Nitro was about an hour and a half, and it was very wrestling-centric. A lot of wrestling, to be fact. Like, there was very little promo, so I didn't really mind it as much. I liked it. First, Dom says, at this point, Kane is here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and he's fresh out of bubblegum. Shout out to uh, Roddy Piper there. Dom says, it really did uh, feel simple, but I think that was one of the options that Brett said no to. Well, I mean, if it was put on the table to Brett, like, would you rather lose your champion this way or would you rather lose your champion by getting screwed? I'm sure in hindsight now he would have went with that option. Yo, I'm melting over here. It's fucking hot as hell. I feel like Kane is coming into my fucking crib right now. Anyway, the Brocast Podcast. Thanks for being here, homie. Thank you so much. Let's get into this Nitro real quick. Try and finish this before Monday Night Raw, which starts in about nine minutes. Like I said, this was a shorter Nitro anyway, so we're going to just run through this real quick. A lot of matches, very uh, wrestling heavy. Uh, the big storyline is last week during the showing of Assault on Devil's Island, which uh, was Hulk Hogan's movie at the time, there was a contract signing during a commercial break to make it official. It wasn't signed on Nitro, but it was signed during Hulk Hogan's movie to bring more eyes to that shitty-ass movie. It is now official at Starcade. We're finally getting Sting versus Hogan for the world title. Kudos to WCW for making that shit official. First matchup, we got Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko versus Rey Mysterio and Lord Steven Regal. Regal and Mysterio is a weird tag team. Uh, at the time, Guerrero and Malenko was a weird tag team, too, being that they were a feud for most of their career. But, you know, I don't really see it as a weird tag team because in hindsight, you had the Radicals and all that. So you know that they're friends. Steven Regal and Rey Mysterio as a team is weird because Regal was a month ago feuding with Rey Mysterio trying to demask him. Um, in the end, it looks like we're going to still push a feud between Malenko and Guerrero because Malenko makes uh, Rey Mysterio tap out before Eddie Guerrero could hit his frog splash on Mysterio. So there's some dissension. After the match, we have a shoving matchup between Malenko and Guerrero. But so many great athletes and talents in this matchup. I was all for this. I loved it. We have, in a real throwback to uh, the world of sports, um, UK strong style, like pure wrestling brutality, we had a matchup between Fit Finley and Dave Taylor. This was just a fucking brawl. They beat the shit out of each other. Finley wins with a tombstone pile driver. We had a really good clash of styles, but a really good matchup between Psychosis and Yuji Nagata. Uh, pretty fun matchup. Yuji Nagata... He gets the victory on Psychosis when Sonny Ono interferes, leading to Nagata getting a leg lock. I'm running through this because there's not really many storyline progression here. It's just straight matches. Disco Inferno beat – oh, Disco Inferno lost to Perry Saturn and Perry Saturn's uh, entering debut for WCW. He's a part of the flock at this time. 
Um, at, I believe Disco Inferno was the U.S. champion. Perry Saturn beats uh, Disco Inferno, becomes a U.S. champion, and Raven demands Perry Saturn to give him that title, and Perry obliges. So now, I guess, by default, the U.S. champion is Raven, who only had one match in this, uh, in this WCW run. So he's already U.S. champion, and he didn't even win the matchup. We had a really a matchup I never thought happened. We had Chris Jericho versus Scott Hall. And this was another quick matchup, but Chris Jericho actually picked up the victory in this matchup. Chris Jericho rolls up Scott Hall for the victory, one, two, three. Of course, Scott Hall has to get his um, his uh, razor's edge in after the matchup on Chris Jericho. But really cool to see Scott Hall give this opportunity to a guy who was young at the time and Chris Jericho. Maybe he saw something in Jericho that we now all see. We have a backstage promo with the Giant who says that at World War III, he's going to personally make it his mission to throw out Kevin Nash in that matchup. One second, y'all. All right, my bad. So, yeah, he's going to make it his mission to throw out Kevin Nash. So look forward to Kevin Nash's uh, return to WCW next week. It's going to be Nash versus uh, the Giant which would be pretty cool. Um, real quick, like I said, a lot of wrestling. Ric Flair beats Alex Wright. Ray Taylor loses to Mongo McMichaels. But the real story is, in the main event here, what the hell's going on here? Sorry, my, my, my computer is bugging a little bit. Get this man a fan? Yes, please. Give me a fucking fan. I have my fan on. It's just I, I lowered it because I didn't want to make too much noise on the podcast. But anyway, we have a uh, a promo by Diamond Dallas Page who said, no one thought that he'd be the man to beat Macho Man Randy Savage. And then last week, he took Hulk Hogan to the limits, and Hulk Hogan did not beat him. He needed the NWO to run in and interfere. So he said that he is going to make it his mission to win World War III and he knows, without a shadow of a doubt, next time he's in the ring with Hulk Hogan, not only is he going to beat Hogan, but he's going to win that title. And then he said he would gladly put that title on the line against Sting at Starcade. So this is where the people are really starting to get behind Diamond Dallas, and the company is really starting to get behind Diamond Dallas. Um, really cool to see. I'm a big fan of uh, DDP and not the uh, Dirty DeLorean Posse. I'm a big fan of that too, though. <laughs> Main event, Kurt Henning versus Lex Luger. This was a really good matchup. It was only like four minutes. They got a lot of action in at the time. But the show goes off the air with Ric Flair interfering, causing a DQ, just like Kurt Henning interfered in Ric Flair's matchup in the main event last week to cause a DQ. So many fucking DQs on both Raw and Nitro. I couldn't do without all that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, good episode of Nitro. It was just very wrestling heavy. There was no promos, very little storyline progression so i'm not used to that i'm used to seeing five nwo promos and you know hulk hogan come out you know i mean that shit but anyway that's all we got for today thank you so much for joining everybody i appreciate everybody in the comments i appreciate everybody who tunes in everybody who's that subscribe button here on the circle of debate new episodes of the wrestling glory podcast every monday wednesday and friday new episodes of circle debate every tuesday wednesday thursday friday so there is a lot of content coming here at the Circle Debate YouTube channel. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. I love you guys. Catch you here on Wednesday. I hope everyone enjoys Raw. Looks like it's going to be a good show like it's been the last couple weeks. 
So enjoy Raw. Love you guys. Catch you here on Wednesday. Thanks again. Peace out.